The Lady on the Sea from Mr. Punch's Dramatic Sequels by St. John Hankin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Lady from the Sea when Ibsen ended The Lady from the Sea by making Mrs. Wangle give up her idea of eloping with the stranger, and decide to remain with her husband and her stepchildren, many people must have felt that there was a want of finality about the arrangement. Having discussed so exhaustively with Dr. Wangle the advisability of leaving him, she could hardly be expected to give up the project permanently. The play is therefore one which emphatically calls for a sequel. Dramatis Personae Boletta, performed by Sarah O'Connor. Hilda, performed by Karen Savage. Mrs. Wangle, performed by Sarah O'Connor. Dr. Wangle, by Peter Yearsley. A Steward, performed by Karen Savage. Brown, performed by Peter Yearsley. The Lady on the Sea. Scene 1. Beside the pond in the Wangle's garden. It is a malarious evening in September. Hilda and Belletta, Mrs. Wangle's stepdaughters, are, as usual, failing to catch the carp which are said to haunt the pond. Do you think she, nodding towards Mrs. Wangle, who prowls to and fro on the damp lawn with a shawl over her head, is any better? No, worse. Oh, she can't be worse. That's all very well for you. You're going to be married. It doesn't matter to you how mad she is. You'll be out of it before long. Yes, I shall be out of it. But I shan't. However, perhaps she'll go away soon. Papa still thinks of moving to the seaside, then. Oh, Papa! Papa never thinks. Hush, Hilda, what dreadful things you say. Not half so dreadful as the things I should like to do. Hilda! Oh, yes, I should. And I will when I grow up. I'll make Master Builder Sons tumble off one of his own steeples. Think of that now. What a horrid child you are, and just when I thought you were beginning to get on better with her, too. Nodding toward Mrs. Wangle. It's most provoking. I call it perfectly thrilling myself, but here she comes. Mrs. Wangle approaches. Go away. I want to talk to her. Exit Belletta, doubtfully. How are you today, Mother? Eh? I asked you how you were. But you called me Mother. I'm not your mother. I'm only your stepmother. But I can't address you as stepmother. People don't do those things, as dear Hedda Gabler always says. Mrs. Wangle, whose attention is clearly wandering. I suppose they don't. Mother, have you seen him? I believe Wangle is in the surgery. I don't mean Papa. What does it matter where Papa is? I mean the stranger. The English steamer is at the pier. It arrived last night. She looks at Mrs. Wangle meaningfully. Is it, dear? You astonish me. You will go and see him, won't you? Oh, of course, of course. I think it must be so perfectly thrilling to go down all by oneself to a steamer to see a strange man who is not one's husband. Mrs. Wangle, recalling with difficulty, her old phrase. Oh, yes, yes. It allures me wonderfully. I should go at once if I were you, before Papa comes out. Don't you think I ought to tell Wangle? I have always been accustomed to consult him before eloping with anyone else. 
I think not. You must go of your own free will. You see, Papa might urge you to go, and then it would not be altogether your own will that sent you, would it? It would be partly his. So it would. Isn't it splendid to think of your going away with him tonight, quite, quite away, across the sea? Uh, yes. You know you always like the sea. You talk so much about it. It allures you, you know. Yes, the idea of it is wonderfully alluring, but I've never been on the sea. That's what makes the idea so thrilling. It will be quite a new sensation. The sea is so fresh and buoyant, you know, so rough. Not like these vapid fjords where it's always calm, quite different altogether. Ah, there's Wangle. Enter Dr. Wangle. Bother. She returns to her fishing for the carp, which are never caught. Ah, Elida, is that you? Yes, Wangle. Not brooding, I trust, dear? Not letting your mind dwell on the stranger, eh? Mrs. Wangle, always ready to adopt an idea from any quarter. Of course, Wangle, I never can quite get the idea of the stranger out of my mind. Dr. Wangle, shaking his head. Silly girl, silly girl. And the sea, too? Still full of the sea? Ah, the sea, the wonderful, changeful sea, so fresh and buoyant, you know, so rough, not like these vapid fjords. I had a child whose eyes were like the sea. I assure you, Elida, you are wrong. The child's eyes were just like other children's eyes. All children's eyes are. Hilda suppresses a slight giggle. Wangle notices her for the first time. Fishing, Hilda? Yes, Papa. Trying to hook a silly old carp. I think I shall catch her in the end. What bait do you use? Oh, I have been very careful about the bait. My fish rose to it at once. Well, well, I must go back to the surgery. Goodbye, Alida, and mind, no brooding about the sea. Oh, the sea, the sea. Yes, you'll be on it soon. Won't it be thrilling? I really think you ought to start at once. I suppose I ought to pack a few things first. I wouldn't mind about that if I were you. I'd go down to the ship just as I was, slip on board without being noticed, and hide until I was well outside the fjord and began to feel the real sea heaving under me. Shall I like that? Of course you will. It's your native element, you know. You always said so. Before you've been on it half an hour, you'll wish you were overboard. You'll like the sea so. Mrs. Wangle, fired by this vicarious enthusiasm. I shall. I know I shall. He will be there too, and he's so frightfully alluring. I must go at once. Exit hurriedly by the garden gate. Caught by Jove! My fish caught! She'll go off with her second mate on the English steamer and never come back any more. What a triumph for my bait! Picks up fishing tackle and exit into the house in high good humour. Scene 2. The deck of the English steamer. The vessel has got outside the shelter of the fjord and is beginning to pitch a little in the long sea rollers. Mrs. Wangle is discovered groping her way cautiously up the companion in the darkness. 
This motion is very disagreeable. The vessel gives a very heavy lurch. Most disagreeable. I wonder if I could speak to the stranger now. Hilda said I ought to wait till we were out at sea. Oh. The vessel gives another lurch. Did you call? No, uh, that is, yes. Will you send Mr. Johnston to me? There's no one of that name among the passengers, madam. Mr. Johnston isn't a passenger. Mr. Johnston is the second mate. The vessel lurches again. Oh, oh. Steward, looking suspiciously at her. But the second mate's name is Brown. Another alias. It's the same person. Will you ask him to come to me? Very well, madam. Queer that. Wants to see the second mate and don't remember his name. But there, what can you expect on these excursion steamers? He exits. Mrs. Wangle, as the boat gets further out to sea and begins to roll heavily. This is horrible. I begin to think I don't like the sea at all. I feel positively ill. And I always thought the motion would be so exhilarating. It doesn't exhilarate me in the least. I wish Johnston would come. Or Brown. I mean Brown. Perhaps he could find somewhere for me to lie down. Brown, or Johnson, accompanied by the steward, comes up the hatchway. He is the same disreputable-looking seaman whose acquaintance the reader of The Lady from the Sea has already made. This is the lady. Indicating Mrs. Wangle. Brown, in his most nautical manner, I know that, you swab. Haven't I eyes? Get out. Exit steward. Well, woman, what do you want? Mrs. Wangle, faintly, too much overcome by the rolling of the vessel to resent his roughness. I... I have come to you. So I see. Don't you want me, Alfred? My name isn't Alfred. It's John. It used to be Alfred. Well, now it's John. Are you glad to see me? Not a bit. Never was so sorry to see a woman in my life. But you came for me. You said you wanted me. I know I did. Thought old Quangle Wangle would buy me off if I put the screw on. He didn't see it. Stingy old cuss. Mrs. Wangle, appalled at this way of speaking of her husband. But you never asked Dr. Wangle for anything. No fear. Too old a hand for that. He'd have put me in prison for trying to extort money. How could you expect him to give you money if you didn't ask for it? I didn't suppose he was an absolute fool. When a man has a crazy wife, he can't be such a born naturalist to suppose that another man really wants her to go away with him. He wants the price of a drink. That's what he wants. But old Quangle Wangle is too clever for me. He wouldn't part. Wouldn't part husband and wife, you mean? No, I don't, and you know I don't. Wouldn't part with the dibs, that's what I mean. Mrs. Wangle, as the vessel gives a big roll. Oh, I'm going to be very ill indeed. Why did I think I should like the sea? Why indeed, I don't know. Dash me if I do. Mad, I suppose. What am I to do now? Go back to old Quangle if he'll take you. He's fool enough, I dare say. But I can't. We're out at sea. I can't get back now. I think I'm going to die. She sinks upon a seat. Die? You won't die. No such luck. You're going to be seasick, you are. Where's your cabin? I don't know. Where's your luggage? Hand me over your keys. 
I haven't any luggage. Built again, so help me. Not so much of a half-sovereign on you, I suppose. Mrs. Wangle, feeling limply in her pocket. No, I must have left my purse at home. Well, I'm... He looks sourly at her. What are you going to do with me? Do with you? Send you back to Quangle by the first steamer, of course. You'll have to work your passage back as stewardess. Heaven help the passengers. He stalks to the hatchway and disappears. Mrs. Wangle, with a groan, resigns herself to seasickness. The End of The Lady on the Sea